Okay, let's get into this year's Parshas Tazria, Mitzorah, Tavshin, Ayin, Zion. As we uh, get into the Parshios related to Tum of Atara, we've had Kachim over the past few weeks and other issues, and uh, hopefully at the end of this year we'll talk about some Inyan Diyoma of this time of year as well. Uh, so we start off with the Rambam. More of an introduction. This is the last Rambam in Sefer Torah, but we're going to use it as an introduction to more in Yoni of Tumavatara, which the Torah is getting into now. But Yikratzav Shmini is more about Karbonos, and the second half of Shmini is, has gotten us into the laws of Kashrus and kind of the, but, the, but it's formulated in terms of Tame and Tahar animals. And now this part shall we get into, uh, nitty gritty and details of, uh, Tumas Yoledes. And then of course the major discussion of the Parshios is Tumas Saraas. And in the second half of Mitzara we get into other issues, uh, other Tumavatara, which Badashim will get to in a, uh, in a few minutes. So we'll start off with the Rambam, the last Rambam in Hilchas Mikvaos. Where the Rambam discusses uh, Tumavatara. Says the Rambam, Davar Barur Vagalui, source number one. It is clear and it is revealed. Shatumos Vahataros Xerasakas of Hain. This whole area of halacha, as we know, is Xerasakasiv. It's not based on human logic. It is not something that a human being could come up with ourselves. As many of the mitzvahs of the Torah are chukim, it is a chok. It's gzeris hakasiv. It's not based on external logic. There is, of course, an inner logic to every area of halacha. The world of Tumah, the world of Kadshim, there is an inner logic. But the Ram is just saying the purely intellectual logic that we could have come up with, that is not this area of halacha. Also going into a mikvah. How does a mikvah make somebody tahar? They're not dirty going into a mikvah. It's not that there's mud or some dirt on my skin and I'm going in and, I, and I'm cleansing it. Getting Tameh is Xeris HaKasav and becoming Tar from that Tumah, becoming pure. Everything is totally on the messages that we could get and our, our mindset and mentality when we go to a mikvah. We, if we focus on purity, on purifying our lives, on purifying our thoughts, on purifying our religious personalities, then we'll get the message of becoming pure. If somebody went into a mikvah but they didn't establish themselves as becoming tahar, it didn't work. Even though it's totally xeris akasav and and not uh, based on the human logic, there are powerful messages that we could have from the laws of Tumah Vatara, which again, we already started discussing at the end of last parasha Shashir as well. If somebody focuses on becoming pure, and somebody thinks that my going into the mikvah now, which we mentioned in past years, the Sefer Chinuch says, why a mikvah? A mikvah is water. Why water? It's as if we're reborn coming out of the mikvah. Just like all of us started in the amniotic fluid, in the sack in our mothers, we were surrounded by water. And when we were born, we came out of the water. And Kalal Yisrael was born, were born, coming out of the water through Kriyas Yamsuf. So too, every time we go into a mikvah, we are reborn and we can have a rebirth. So if somebody has that kavana, kishem shamachavin libolu taher, kivan shetaval tahar, it works. Even though there's nothing physically different about my uh, being, 
So too, if somebody tries to uh, purify their heart, the message is, I could purify my physical being, I could purify my spiritual being. Once I decide, so then it can work. Hashem gives us physical activities in order to inspire us that in other areas of our lives as well, this could work. We mentioned in the past numerous times the Sefer Achinach quoting the Medrash in Mitzvah number two, the Mitzvah of Brismila. The Sefer Achinach quotes the Medrash where one of the Rishayim asked one of the Tanoim, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted everyone to get a Brismila, so why didn't he just create man and create every boy already circumcised? Just finish the job. He gave us a heart and a liver and kidneys and lungs and everything. So just finish the job. Why leave it? You finished did everything. Says Rabbi Akiva, said one of the Tanai, but that's exactly the point. Kodesh Baruch Hu wants us to learn the message of self-faction. Hashem wants us to realize it's up to us to finish the job. Hashem does everything, but then the last part, it's up to us. That's the message of Brismila. That, says the Rambam, similarly is the message of the world of Tumavatara. The ability to purify ourselves is meant to teach us that we could constantly uh, inspire ourselves, constantly improve various areas of our lives, and just like we physically go into the water, we could also spiritually go into the water, like he writes elsewhere, the Mehadas, and in that way learn the messages of these halachas as well. Okay, so that starts us off. Now let's get into the actual partial. We start off with a halachic question. Not usual for the parsha year. Sometimes we have chashuk yechemes during the shir, but we start off right away because this is the order of the parsha. As we know, the beginning of the parsha, the first few psukim discuss a woman having a baby, a woman ishakis azriyavi the days of tumah, the days of tahara. As we've spoken about in the past, why is a woman tamea? Why is had? Why is it double for a for a, a, a girl and for a boy? Seven and thirty-three, fourteen and sixty-six. But in that context, uvayom hashmini yimo basar and on day eight, of course, we have Brismila, the mitzvah of the Karbanos of Yoledas. There's a fascinating shayla discussed in Rav Zilberstein and Chashuk Yechemed in Mesechas Nedarim. Maisa Shahaya. It was a story that happened. There was a Saba. There was a grandfather that came for the bris of his grandchild. Mazel Tov. What happened? Shenola nin b'mishpacha. Maybe a great-grandchild. Fabris no adal Shabbos kodesh. The bris was Shabbos morning. Laregel de Simcha Hasimcha Higia Saba Rabba Shatarh Lavomi Chutzlaer the Saba Rabba right the great grandfather came for Lishbos Welcome Abris and Bakriyas Atora they want to give him an Aliyah Bachavod they call up the grandfather the great grandfather to get an Aliyah Ubeisa Mishabach and as is customary after the Mishabach the Gabai kind of pauses to ask the Ola to give the chance for the Ola to, to announce a donation, to announce matana, to announce something that he's going to give for different minhagim and different shuls about what's said explicitly, what's not said explicitly. But either way, the Gabbai waits and he says, Bavor she'yitain, the Saba says, the gematria of the name of my child that I don't know yet. I will give the money of the gematria of the name. I know the, the people of the shul probably went over and they said, add on a couple of names, put a lot of tufts and shins in there. You know, that... Uh, but that's what he said. In about a half an hour, there's going to be a bris here of my great-grandson. Whatever the name is, I'm going to give that gematria. The question is, is there any tokef? Is there any hischaivus uh, to that type of promise? 
If somebody promises to give something that he doesn't know what he's promising yet. He doesn't have a, a, a name yet. Is this a Dover Shaloba Olam? The parents know what the name is going to be. Sometimes people change at the last second. But Mistamba, let's assume that they know the name that they're going to give their son in a few minutes. There is no name yet officially. The Saba doesn't know the name. It's not definite. And it's not in this world yet. We know there are major problems with acceptances of obligations by a davar shalobal olam, something that doesn't exist, a davar she'ein no katsuv, something that's not definite. V'ulai ein kan gemiras dashal eschayvus. Maybe he didn't really mean it. Ah, he was saying it as kind of a joke. He didn't, deep down, he didn't really mean it. Lo'umatam ta'anu chelik me'amis palim, but others said no. Machlokes in shul. Shekivan sh'ahorim yodim awashem. Imkin havadavar she'ish lo kitzvah. No, no, it has a set amount, that it, and it is bala olam. The grandfather just doesn't know it. The parents know it. The parents know what the gemachi is. So what's the halacha? So he says, well, maybe, according to the Rambam, it would not be an obligation. Why? We've quoted this Rambam in a totally different context. And Pasha's Yisro in the past. But the Ramam holds, the Shulchan Aruch says, on line 11, If somebody obligates themselves to something that is not definite, I'm going to feed you for five years, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The Ramam says it doesn't work. I cannot obligate myself to something that is not katsuv. I could say, I hereby obligate myself to pay you $2 million. That I could do. It's a large sum, but it's a sum. But if I say, I obligate you to whatever you say I owe you, that doesn't work. It's Eino Katsuv. That was the Beis HaLevi's question. If you remember, we discussed years ago, how did we say Nasev and Nishma? How did that work? We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Beis HaLevi and Parshas Yisro discusses that. But back to this question. So maybe according to the Rabbah, would it wouldn't be a, enough to be Mechaev, but says, the Shukei Chemed says, Rav Zilberstein here, but most other Rishonim argue on that. And they say, if I really obligate myself, it could work. Line 20, But, says the Chashuk Echemed, I think, according to other Rishonim then, because of this obligation, even though he didn't know, I think it's good enough. And then he says on line 25, it's not that he doesn't know. He doesn't know what it's going to be. But whatever it is, has a set amount. It's not like I'm saying, I obligate myself to whatever you want. Or whatever is going to be. The, whatever the name is, there is a set amount for it. So ask, says the Chashuk Echemed. So, Mistama here. She'ena ole yoser misach. There's a, there's a maximum and a minimum. I mean, well, how many, how much could the name be worth? Okay, Matis is a big one. You got two tufts in there, says the Chashuk uh, The Afilu imayitnu yelled shnei shemos. Even two names. I mean, how many names is the child going to have? Lo yala asach l'schum shal yoser me'elav shach. Mikiva chekach, how is it davar katsuv? So it's katsuv. Right, what's the smallest? It's going to be God, seven shekel. Right, he's probably worth more than uh, than seven shekel. He's just so happy, and therefore we can assume that there is an umdana that he wants to give whatever money is obligated, and therefore 
Lomaskana says the Chashuke Chemed, Hasaba Chayev Lasei says, Melo Aschum, Shalashem, Shenasnu Lenino. I think, you could ask this at the Shabbos table, he's obligated to pay, even though he didn't know about it, even though the boy didn't have a name yet, that is, that is what is allowed. Okay. Now let's get into some more, what we're used to in the Parshashir, but that is something that, uh, we could ask, and all the parts of Torah are, are we, uh, we put it. Okay, here we go. Paragud Gimel Pasik Pav. So now we get into Saras, which is the main topic in the Parsha. Hashem says to Moshe and to Aaron, Adam If somebody has on their skin some type of spot, four different types of spots of Saras, and he'll show it to the Kohanim. As is described here, over and over again in these psukim, we will notice that there's a word that keeps repeating itself. And that's the word or, skin. So we might not make it anything of it. Obviously, you're talking about a skin disease. So therefore, it has to repeat the word skin often. But it repeats it very often. Just the puzzle that we just read in the puzzle base. If a person has ba'or b'saro, v'haya ba'or b'saro, saras, Bring it to Aaron or one of his children. As if we don't know where the Nega is. It just said it twice in the previous Pasuk. The Kohen looks at the Nega in the Arabasar. And it looks. Okay, just say, we know where it is. He said it the first Pasuk. It keeps repeating. Over and over again, we have the or, pasik hey, lo fasahanega baor, and then pasik vav, lo fasahanega baor, then pasik if samasakas baor. What's the message? Says this fasamas. I gave it to you in, uh, source number three. Okay, it's a little expanded. This fasamas itself, this is from the Mayanashal Torah, who has a sentence or two to this fasamas, but it's the same, uh, it's the I- exact idea. Kasher barsha misbaraches ha'olam. When Hashem created the world, Zarcha Ha'elokus Min Habriya Kula, Hashem created a world where godliness screams out from the world. Right? Often, when there is a creator, then you see the creation, and the creation is made on the creator. You see a computer, you know somebody created and programmed the computer. We see a table, we know somebody built this table. We see a world, we know that somebody created the world. And the more complicated the world is, the world is more complicated than any supercomputer a billion times over, the more complicated it is, the more it testifies to its creator. So the world screams out about it. Everyone, but when the world was created, it was even clearer, or I should say, it was obvious that Adam Arisho knew that there was a God. The darkness, the koach hara, the koach that covers up God from the world didn't exist yet before Adam and Chava ate from the tree. Everything was clear and obvious. What happened? After the chet, so now you have to, you have to search a little bit. Right, the average person on the street might not want to believe. It's not as obvious. It's not staring at everyone in the face. Hashem doesn't scream out and do miracles. No, He's here. 
but it's not as obvious because after the chet of Adam and Chava, there's kochos of Yitzhahara in the world. Part of us. Hateva nasa yoser achor vagas. Atshu mechase umastir. Me'ene ha'adam es ha'koach ha'elokiya primi v'hamiti. There's a cover. As if there's a cover on the world so we can't see through it. There's, there's a, there's like a fog that's covering up Hashem from the world. Hanosein chayim ekiyim labriyakula. Kefishomir, where do we see that hinted to? In the psukim themselves? What happens after the chait? Vayas Hashem alokim ladamu leshto kosnos or. Hashem made or. What's or? Or is skin. What does skin do? Skin covers. Skin covers up what's underneath it. So Hashem Davka gave them kasnos or to show that not only the Adam and Chava were covered up after the chait, but the whole world was covered up. Godliness was much harder to recognize in the world. Remember, before the chait, everything was, was to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, every part of the body, every, every action that Adam and Chava did was, was Shem Shemayim. There wasn't any difference between anything they did. There was nothing negative. They didn't feel that they had to hide when they weren't wearing clothes. But after the chait, kasnos ar, hakol neskase shal ar, that covers, and he even says, amazingly, says the Svasemes, the word ar, skin which covers, same letters as iver, blind, to switch around the nekudos, because skin covers and can make us blind from what we really see. Step one. Step two, says the Svasemes, and they knew this also, not too long ago, this Fasemis, a hundred plus years ago. But, as we know, says this Fasemis, the skin covers, but as we know, the skin is porous. The skin has glands, and things go in, can go in and out. They're microscopic, minuscule. We can't see with the naked eye. It looks to us, but you can ask, like, why doesn't everything pour out of our skin? Aren't there holes in the skin? The answer is, Hashem made the holes. And there are holes, but only Hashem could. He'll let sweat, perspiration come out when the time is right. But it's porous, and we know that. There are tiny little holes. Air goes in, and, and uh, perspiration goes out. Just like the ore of our skin is porous, so to the ore of the world is porous. The ore that covers up the godliness in the world, says the Sfasemis, is also porous. There are windows that we can see through the cover of the world and in that way recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We just have to focus. We have to focus on seeing through those maitzitz menacharakim as koach hayotzer b'yitzirasa. We have to switch the or with an ayin to the or with an aleph and make it a cover to light to a Kaddish Baruch who's shining out of the world. What does all this have to do with us? Tzaras. A mitzorah or a mitzoras. Aval. What happens when we don't have the right perspective in the world. We don't know who's boss. There's a myriad of sins, the Chazal list, for what, what Saraz comes from. The most famous one is, is Lashon Hara. But there are a number of sins that are, that are, uh, are listed, which, which is not for now. But altogether, one could say, says the Sfasemis, they're all about not recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world. A person closes up the or 
from the world. He doesn't see Hakadosh Baruch You know what Hashem does? Hashem closes up his R. Hashem puts spots on him and dots on him, which closes up the porous nature of his skin to try to give him the message. You're closing up the R. You have to go sit outside the machana until you get your perspective right. Until you recognize, try to see Hashem. Tame, tame, ikra, call him tame. If they're totally closed and clogged. Right, sometimes, sometimes we have a, we have a bathroom that gets a little stuffed. So we can take a plunger and like get it out. But sometimes it is so stuffed that you need a snake. And sometimes not just a snake, you have to get a professional plumber to come and snake it out because it's so stuffed. You can't get through, you can't break through. Sometimes we close up the holes. It's so hard, you need a professional. We need a Kohen. We need somebody to tell us, you know, what, uh, how we break the, how we break through. We go sit outside by ourselves. Time to think about what our du- direction our life is going in. That's the emphasis of Ba'or Besaro, Ba'or Besaro, or and over and over again, because this is somebody who doesn't see through the or of the world. So therefore Hashem's giving him a message to cover up his own or in order to be able to Bez Hashem remove the tsaras and he becomes Tahar, and then he'll be able to see through the or of the of the world as well, um, with a proper perspective. That's Vasemis. Okay. Moving right along. Saras, another pasuk. Let's talk about. Let's move on now. Perak Yudalid. Again, Saras is all these two parshios. Let's get to the Tara process for a minute. It's really about Saras. It's not really the Tara process, but we move on to Parshas Mitzora. Beginning of Parshas Mitzora, Vaydabar Hashem Oshalimar. Zosti Yataras Hamitzora Biyom Taharaso Vehuval Akohen. This is the. These are the laws of the Mitzora on the day that he becomes Tahar. The coin goes out to see, is he healed? The nega of tsaraas has been removed and healed from the tsarua. Great. Yasser Schwab. If it's Nirpa, then he's not Tsarua anymore. How do you read the Pasik? Nirpa nega tsaraas from the one who used to be Tsarua? Is that what it means? Maybe. Nirpanekataras mean, but it sounds like Sarah right now. So why does it say that? He's still a Saras? No, he's healed from the Saras. What does the Pasuk mean? Nirpanekataras, but not Sarah. Says Rashwab. It's really based on a thought that we mentioned eight, nine years ago from Rav Hirsch. Same idea. Says Rashwab. There are really two types of saras. Yesh saras sheicholi tivi hanimsa ba'olam afayom. There is one type of saras that is found even today. It is a natural disease, and it's what's called in English benikra leprosy. Balaz. leprosy. It's a type of illness. It is a contagious illness. Vehimin machle yedua hamizdabekes. That's one type. That's what we have today. Vahamin Hasheni, there's a second type of Tzaraz. Tzaraz is usually translated as leprosy, but that's incorrect, says Rav Schwab. The Tzaraz in the Torah is not leprosy. The Tzaraz in the Torah is a disease that we don't have today. We're not on the level for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give us such direct messages as was in the past. 
That the Kohen comes to purify or, impu- or make impure. We find throughout Tanakh people who have Saras type 1. People who have Saras, but it's not directly a, a, a message from God. Remember Naaman? Naaman was a non-Jewish general, I think from Aram. Who was having, who was suffering from Saras until this Jewish maiden who happened to be around said, you know what, why don't you go to Elisha? I'm sure Elisha could heal you. Okay, Elisha, the one that we mo- mo- know more miracles about than anyone else in Tanakh. Elisha, the beginning of uh, Malachim Beis, miracle and miracle and miracle, over and over again. So he goes to Elisha, just to give the background to the story. He goes to Elisha, and he calls out from Elisha. Elisha doesn't even come to the door. Elisha calls out from inside. Go dunk in the Yardane seven times. And Naaman gets very, he didn't even come to, to the door. He didn't even have the, he was, the, he was an anti, he was not a friend of the Jews. But he, he didn't even have the, the respect to stand up. Forget it, I'm going back to Aram. And he starts leaving. And his, 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 his people say, what do you have to lose? Just go into the eye. He's like, what? Just going into the eye? He's going to heal me? I went into every water in Damascus. I'm going to go, this yard day, he's going to do it. They say, it can't hurt. Just dunk seven times. He dunked seven times. Boom! He's healed from the Saras. Runs back to Naaman. Wow! It runs back to Elisha. Amazing! Thank you so much. Fechulu. That's the story. What? Naaman had Saras. There was no Kohen there. There was no... Not, so that's, that's Saras type 1 he had. And if it's a natural disease, so the Navi Hashem could, could heal it. Ubaze Yuvan also, this week's Haftorah. The four lepers. Sha'arba Mitzurayan. Chazal say who were the four lepers sitting outside the camp? It was Gehazi and his three sons who took the present that Elisha refused to take. Right now, offered him a present. Elisha, I don't want it. And he goes back and then Gehazi went and said, no, 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 you give it to me. And Naaman cursed him with getting, Gehazi, Elisha cursed him with getting Naaman Saras. So it was the same type of Saras. So they were outside the camp. That wasn't the Saras that we're talking about in the Parsha. That's the different type of saras. V'chulu, and he continues. And also, just to emphasize, that saras, the natural saras, is a contagious illness. It want to be quarantined. What do we do? What, what are our halachas? Hey, it's yantif, sheva brachas. No, Cohen doesn't look. A chassan thinks he has saras on the first day after he got married. No, you have off for a week. It's okay, you don't have to come now. Sukkis, don't worry about it, come next week. It's a contagious illness. No, it's not. Saras of the house? Okay, get everybody, get everything out of the house first before the Kohen shows up. It's just the opposite. Because it's not the illness that we translated as leprosy, but as Rafer says, it's a social illness. It's a social disease. A person is having problems with his communication skills. With his communication with others, HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to give him a message. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs him to have some private time outside the Machaneh. And he quotes, that's what he quotes on the bottom from Rafer as well. And from the Ramban, the Ramban, line 28. It only happens when we're on such a level that Hashem could give us direct messages for us to learn from. Messages on our clothing, on our skin. Negas from the word Naga, Hashem touched us. Hashem's giving us a message by touching us. We're not on the level. 
We speak Lashon Hara, nothing happens. We think nothing happens. It's recorded upstairs. In the older days, Lashon Hara, I got it. So I could improve. We're not on the level to have such messages from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But we have to realize that it's something very different. What does this have to do with the Pasuk? Says the Rav Schwab now. Says the Rav Schwab, turning the page. On the top first, he says what we just said earlier. The Raya about the... Um, the, the Sheva Brachas. She wrote us on a Goan Beregel. We don't look at the Negan or Yantif. We shum Simchas Yantif. Vechenadin, Benege Chasson, Betoch Zain, Yemea Mishta. Imat Negat Zarash al Torah, Hayamachlas, Hamistabekes. Umis Bashetas. If it was leprosy that we call it, see, would you be just the opposite? Yantif? Doesn't matter. Quickly, quarantine him. Right? It can't be. Vilachain, line 16. Hatsaraza, Muskeres, Batora, Tumasa, Vatarasa, Dafka, Bakoin. It's not a doctor. It's a Kohen. He separated. He caused machlokas. He will be mechulak. He will be separated from the machane. Right? He's the only one that sits outside of three machanos. Right? There are some people who are tummy who sits out of one machane. Out of two, even somebody who's tummy mace is not said out of three machanos. Only to masaras. Suggest Rav Schwab, maybe that's what it's alluding to here in our Pasuk. What does it say? The Kohen looks, V'nir panega hatsaras min hatsaruah. Emphasizing that there are two types of tsaras. You could have refuah from the halachic tsaras and still have the physical natural tsaras. Nir panega hatsaras min hatsaruah. That's what's being alluded to. Even after the refu of Saras, he's still at Saras. Amnam Efshar, last paragraph. She yizdamin she yechla echad mi Yisrael b'machlas at Saras misogarishon. Hagashmi. V'nosaf alzoz nirem bosimani Saras misogasheni. Through the second one. And that's what's alluded to, that he's still called a Tsarua after the Saras has been healed because the Torah is alluding to us that it's two different uh, types of illnesses. We shouldn't think that what we see today is anything of the sort. White spots and red spots and, uh, and white hairs. We should realize we daven for the day. We daven for the day when we have all the laws of Tumah Vitara again uh, in our midst. Okay. Last section of Saras. Saras, we know, the Torah speaks of Saras on the body. Saras on clothing. Again, can't fathom it. We go to our, our, our closet to wear something in the morning and we see spots on it. And it's not from the fact that somebody put it into the wash and dryer and it was supposed to be hung up. That's not the reason that it has a permanent spot on it. No, it's like we see spots on the clothing or on our house and it's not mold. Right? It's unbelievable. So the Torah describes saras on the house. There is an opinion in the Gemara that it never happened. But either way, it doesn't matter to us whether it happened or not. But Rashi quotes a Chazal that seems to say it happened. By Dabar Hashem Moshe Alaron Neymar, Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Perak Yudalit Pasuk Lamed Gimel, Ki Savo El Eretz Kenan, Asher Ani Nosein Lachem LaAchuzah. When you come to Eretz Yisrael, then I'm giving to you for an Achuzah. Venasati Negat Saras Veveitz Eretz Achuzaschem, and I will give you Negat Saras in your house. Chazal Rashi is already bothered by one word in that Pasuk. Venasati. What is a present? It's a matana. Vinasati negatsaras. We don't usually look at saras as a matana, as a good thing. In the general, everything is gamzu uh, latova. But why vinasati? Rashi is bothered. Bisorehilahem. This is a great announcement to them. Shahanegoim boim alehem. 
that they have a negat saras. Why? Because what do you have to, what do I have to do if a house gets saras? I have to cut out that stone, that part of the house. I have to remove. The previous owners of the house hid treasures in the walls. They thought maybe they'd come back here one time. They knew the Jews were eventually coming in. Forty years, they hid a lot of treasures in the walls. And because of the Nega Tzaras, right, we're able to find it. That's the message of the Chazal. Asks the Eish Kodesh. Eish Kodesh, the Piazetzna, the Warsaw Ghetto, this was found, as is known, this uh, manuscript of the Eish Kodesh was found after, Rahman al after the war. Eish uh, Kodesh, obviously, the Piazetzna didn't make it. Uh, and it was found, Alderach Agav, by a, by a milk collector or something, and that's why we have an Eish Kodesh. But almost every thought in the Eish Kodesh is chizik for fellow Jews during difficult times. That's every thought, and that's what he needed to do. That's how he kept kept uh, the rest of Klai Yisrael uh, in the Warsaw Ghetto, uh, as positive as they could be under the, the impossible conditions. Says the Eish Kodesh, quoting this Chazal, If the whole point is to give us a present and let us you know, get to the present, what happens? First you take everything out, then you wait a week, and then you take off the stones. The chiltuas avanim. It's after the week. When he comes back and he saw it spread, it didn't spread. Let's see, it spread. Then he t- removes the stones. If Hashem wants to give us a present, wants to give something good for us, why doesn't He give it to us right away? Why does He make us wait for it? Why is there a delay? Right? If they know, that's the message. Hey, he has the treasure. Let's hope. If it happened once, the second time they'll know. Hashem's trying to give us a, to give us a, a, a message. So why the delay? Says the Eish Kodesh. V'hine, b'kavanes ha-Torah u'mitzvos, e'in lanu asaga. Avam asher meramiz lanu efshar. He says the following possibility. We, don't, we never know everything. Every reason, every, every shorish ha-mitzvah. But ki yodim ma'aminim anachnu shakom ha-shashem lanu. Everything that Hashem does for us, and we, when we read this, we, it, it breaks our heart. But we have to realize it not only breaks, but it should inspire us that even under these conditions, the Yish Kodesh was giving drushes based on Chazal and Parshas Mitzorah. He was learning the same Rashi we get to learn. Even when he gives us lashes, even when he gives us patches, right? It's all good. But he says something now, it's even harder. He says sometimes when we get physical, not only physical pain, not only do we have physical pain, we have such yisurin that we can't do mitzvos, which are supposed to bring us closer to him. We can't do any mitzvahs. We can't learn. We can't go to the mikvah. We can't daven. So we might think this is something opposite. This isn't just Hashem giving something behind. This is this is causing pitot Torah. Could this also be Latova? In Latova, shouldn't Yisurin give a do? Cause us to get close to him, not to not do mitzvos. 
Torah says, I have a present for you, but you know what? I'm delaying it. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. There's gonna be a time when I'm gonna give it to you. But not now. That's what Negabatim teaches us. First distance. First difficulty. First frustration. First tragedy. And sometime after that, we're going to get the treasure. And that's why, as we know, it can't even be pronounced nega. It's only kinega, as Chazal pick up on. And we have to realize, says the Eish Kodesh, and if he says it then, there was no worse time in Jewish history, Rahman al-Itzlan, than what happened in his time. If he could still have that attitude that it's just a long process, but there's going to be a time that the matmon is going to be shown to us, that we have to appreciate every second. That we have to realize the, the greats that we're able to have this attitude even under the most trying conditions. The Eish Kodesh, of Fonres Kalman, the Piazetzna in the ghetto. Okay. One final thought related to the Parsha, and then maybe we'll have some other in Yonadioma. Beginning of the last section of the Sedra, beginning of the last section, we have in Perak Tesvav, Pasik Beis. Perak Tesvav Pasik Beis, after Taras is finished, we have the other Tumos and Taros listed. Speak to B'nai Yisrael and tell them. Ish, ish, and we get into the halachas of Zav and Zava, Tumas that come from an emission of the body, Hilchas Nida, Shechvazera, other types of Tumas and Taros, of Dvarim Shezavim Migufo, things that are liquids that flow out of the body. Okay, that's the rest of the parsha that is discussed. Ask the Azayim LaTorah. Why do we have the extra two words, via Martem Alehem, to introduce this whole section, this whole last part of the parsha? Via Martem Alehem, we don't find that. It says the Azayim LaTorah, source seven. Lo matzinu lashon zebatora. We don't. Use, this is not such a common phrase. Ubim koma ba lemar. Just say it. Abashem Hashem Laron lemar. Tabriel bnei Yisrael. Via Marta Malehem, in plural. He's not even via Marta, it's talking to Moshe and Aaron. So what's that, what's that emphasizing? With Savos al Moshe va'aron. Shishneim, what is the emphasis? Says the Zion Torah, abiding sharp thought. Sharp thought that we have to make sure that we live a balanced life. Says the Zion Torah. With Savos al Moshe va'aron. What's the content of what we're about to talk about in the rest of the parsha? It's somewhat of a delicate topic, we might call it. It's a delicate area of life. Tumas Nida, Zava, other types of Tumas that are related to parts of the body. So, says the Zayla Torah, the Torah is emphasizing and encouraging Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah has something to say about this too. Halacha has something to say about all areas of the Torah. Warn them about this. Teach them this part of the Torah also. And don't think, don't be uh, cognizant, don't think about those who talk to you and say, oh, how can you talk about these things? Isn't it disgusting? Isn't it inappropriate to talk about these topics? About certain parts of the body of a man and a woman. 
Not, you shouldn't talk about this. Says Lazayim La Torah. Two points. Number one, first of all, the Torah has something to say about every area. And maybe in certain contexts, that's the best way to talk about certain topics with our children. In the context of Torah. In the context of Halacha. That's the most quote-unquote kosher way and safest way in that context to show that Hashem and the Torah and Halacha has something to say about everything. Something to inspire us about everything. Number one. And number two, he says, and those that might say, that might be against, that might feel a little uh, uncomfortable with certain topics. He says, and what about sometimes when some might give that opinion? And what about, look what he writes, Line 17. And what about other things that are watched and heard in movies, in other things? That's okay. But only in Torah and the base mentors shouldn't be spoken about. That's the safest place to talk about things. Again, obviously in a proper context. Obviously with a proper perspective of Torah and Halacha and somebody who could express the ideas properly. And it has to be in the right context, obviously. But if it's done in a proper tsanua way, we have nothing to be ashamed of and just the opposite. We should be, be inspired by the fact that the Torah teaches us how to live a sanctified life in all areas of our life, in all areas of relationships. And the marriage between a husband and a wife is called kiddushin because that's sanctification. That's the ultimate union. And ish ve'isha shechina shrui Hashem's there. Hashem's with the husband and a wife. Because that's what sanctity is about. When we use all of our faculties and all of our kochos and sanctify them for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's why it says the Azayim Torah, as if the Torah screams out, v'yamartem aleihem. Right? Say it. Teach it. And make sure everybody knows that all areas of halacha, the Torah has something to talk about. Okay. Moving right along to days that uh, we commemorate this week. We've spoken about Yom HaZikaron in past years. This year we'll talk a little bit about recognizing the miracle of the time period in which we live. Now, Klai Yisrael, having the schus, those who remember or we think about the state of affairs in 1945 and what the Jewish nation was then, who could have imagined the Yad Hashem and the unbelievable miracle that for the past 2,000 years we have been dreaming about? Klal Yisrael, more Torah is being learned, more Jews. It's a Gemara, the Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us when the tree starts sprouting, that's when you know the Gula is starting. It's Mefurish Gemara, based on Pasukim and Navi. And we have to recognize and have a Satov to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to get on a plane, come visit the Makoma HaKadoshim, and this has nothing to do with anything besides being a Jew and seeing the matana that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us, Eretz Yisrael Niknes B'Yisurin. Rav Yeruchim Lovavitz, the great Mashkiach of the Mir, writes, the first Rashi Ala Torah, source number eight, the first Rashi Ala Torah, Am Rabbi Yitzchak, says Rav Yeruchim, usually when you have a book, usually when you build something, usually when there's a plan, at the beginning you already know what the goal is. You already know what... Your site should be. You can't build a house without having plans and on what the end game is supposed to look like. 
Rashi in the first Pasuk in Chumash. What's the end game? What's the goal? What are we focusing on? Where are we supposed to end up? Where are we supposed to end up? We know the first Rashi. Eretz Yisrael. The whole Torah is like one topic. What is it? To have the chosen nation in the chosen land, serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where the Ramban writes, there's direct hashkacha, that's the ultimate goal of Jewish history. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Bereshis Baralokim. Says Rabbi Yitzchak, why did Hashem create the world? What do we have to know this for? To remind ourselves, obviously not to remind the nations of the world, to remind ourselves what Eretz Yisrael means for us. Hanashama shalkala terakula hikibosharetz. So, so meres lasas makom lashras hashchina. And that's what says Yerushalayim. That's what this is about. Kamobe bonus bonus bias. Line seventeen. Miak sheminiachas ayisod tachlis haachrona kfarom medes lanegede. No, we already know what the goal is at the beginning. Kain miyad baschalas habria hatachlis tahainu eretz Yisrael laseis lemnachlas goyim haisa b'machshava tchila. We have to realize that a goal of life. Right? When we have been in Gullus for 2,000 years, Gullus is not the natural state of the Jewish people. And not the ultimate state of the Jewish people. The goal from Avram Avinu was Lech Lecha. The first time Hashem spoke to each one of the Avos, He mentioned Eretz Yisrael. The goal was Avraham to Malchus based David and David and Shlomo. Then we sinned. So we went into Gullus. But it's not how it's meant to be. That's not the goal. Rabbi Rucham says... The first Rashi Alatara tells us what it's about. And he continues. Rav Yeruchim continues and says, we know the Gemara tells us in Brasechah's Brachas, the first statement of Rav Shimon, of Rav Shimon by Yechai in all of Shas. Two weeks we'll be celebrating his, his yard site, Alag Omer. But the first, what did Rav Shimon by Yechai say? The first statement in all of Shas. The beginning of Brasechah's Brachas says, Rav Shimon by Yechai, three Matanas Tovos were given to Klal Yisrael. Three Matanas Tovos. Torah, Olam Haba, and Eretz Yisrael. And all three are nicknames P. Yisurin. Says Rav Yeruchim, this is now in Parsha Shlach. He writes this by the Meraglim. Eretz Yisrael, Eleinu, Himikare HaTorah. He Yisod Kalatara Kula. It's the Yisod of Kalatara Kula. V'lo lelech la'aretz, hineyu chalila ke'eno Yisrael. Kemishi Omar Yisrael, anochi yulam lelo Torah, lelo Olam Haba. What about the other gifts? Could, you, could we be a Jew without Torah? Could we be a Jew without Olam Haba? Nobody would argue with that. Could we be a Jew without Eretz Yisrael? Says Rav Yeruchim, it's the Sahara of the Meraglim, if we think otherwise, that we could be a complete Jew without Eretz Yisrael. Look what he says at the end. And this is nothing to do with who lives in the land. This is the land itself. The Ramban came here, as we've mentioned in the past, in the 1200s. There wasn't a minion of Jews in Yerushalayim. When he came to Yerushalayim. And Baruch Hashem, how many minyanim of Jews are there in Yerushalayim today? Kain Yerbu. But the Ramban felt the magnetic force even then. And we have to realize, just like Torah is part and parcel, and Olam Haba, Eretz Yisrael. Yes, a person can live without Eretz Yisrael for 2,000 years, we did. But 
to yearn for it, to come to it. Now that we have the opportunity to recognize that without it, there's incompleteness. And we have to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. However one expresses that thanks, publicly, privately. We're not getting into that. But just to have the feeling inside and recognize it, that is something that every, it behooves everyone to recognize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given to the nation. And finally, what is the uniqueness of living here? What makes it so crucial and part and parcel of every single Jew, wherever a Jew might live temporarily right now? There's an amazing thought suggested by uh, Rav Eliezer Malamed, one of his Svarim, right here has the many Svarim, the Prine Halacha set, which is so popular uh, in Eretz Yisrael today. So in the, the volume Ha'am Vaha'aretz, on the first page, so you have in front of you, source number 10. As we know, it's one of the at least seven mitzvos that are Keneged Kala Torah Kula. Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Revolbi has a Sefer Mitzvah Shkulos, where he talks about all the mitzvos that are Keneged Kala Torah Kula. Tzitzis and Staka and Shabbos and Avodah Zarah and uh, Brismila and Eretz Yisrael. Say, ask Rav, ask Rav, Rav Malamid, L'chore Yesh L'Havin. Why is it that a physical land plays such a central role? In a certain sense, based on a passage by David Melech, we have a less connection, lesser of a connection to God when we're outside. How the Ramban could say, and many Achronim followed, the Chassam Sofer and Rav Hudner, all followed that Ramban, that even mitzvahs that are not connected to Eretz Yisrael, Tefillin and mezuzah are different when done in Eretz Yisrael. So what is it about the physical land that makes it? How can Chazal use such sharp terms? Says Rav Malavit, turning over the page. Let's think for a minute in this creative suggestion. The root of Avodah Zarah, says Rav Malamid, is separation, is pirud. I separate powers, kochos, in the world. The sun god and the moon god, and the stars god, and the good god and the bad god, and the fire god, and the water god. All different gods. It's all about separation, separating good and evil, separating powers. Top line. The different powers of the world come from different sources. Different gods. Maybe there's a Sunday God and a Monday God and a Tuesday God. And you know what the ultimate period is that causes such a crooked perception? spirituality and physicality. Gashmis and Ruchnias. There's a separation between them. There's the physical world and there's the heavenly world. And never the twain shall meet. That's part of Avodah Zarah. They're the gods and we're here. And we're not really connected to them. They have influence and we are influenced. And there's good and there's evil. There's a lot of separation. Cesar Malam, do you know what Eretz Yisrael is? It's the unification. Even the physical is holy. Even the ground and the dirt that the Tanoam used to want to roll around in 
and fix the streets. It's achdus. It's unity. And that's what makes it connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a deeper sense. There's no greater pegia and stain in the emunah is just to think that Hashem is only uh, relate, able to be gotten to in the upper realms and not in this world. Lumatzo line fourteen. Skulasa shalaritz Yisrael. She eretz hakodesh. Avo bishi eretz gashmis. He kodesh v'nitan lagalos gamba gashmiuses devar Hashem. It's in the physical world. It can be seen in the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, as we know, in the ground of Eretz Yisrael. One of the great Rishayim, the Gemara says in Masechet Sanhedrin, was still king for so many decades because he built up one of the cities in Eretz Yisrael physically. He was an Ovid of a Zara Mamish, but he was involved in the physical because in Eretz Yisrael, physical is spiritual, and a physical bus could say Chag Sameach and Shabbat Shalom on it because the physical becomes the spiritual. And that's just to end off with a story that we've quoted in the past from Rev. Rimon. Rev. Rimon writes, Maisa Tapuach in his Sefer on Shemitah. He said, Rev. Rimon, the great uh, halachists and leaders, um, in Source number 12, he says, in Adar Tavshin Samach Zayin, he was on a visit in, in, the, in the States, and he was involved in all of his Gush Katif work and other, and other work, and he went to a grocery, and he went to get a fruit, and he picked up a fruit in the grocery, and he thinks to himself, Shubas and Maisris? No. Shemitah? No. He starts thinking, thinking. He says he lost his appetite. He put the apple down. He walked out. He, you, fruit? Okay, we're not on that level. I would have taken the apple and eaten it. Okay, make a break for eight. That's enough kedusha for me. But there are, there are people out there that recognize the achdus, the unity of the kedusha, the physical and the spiritual. And that's what we celebrate. Our connection of Eretz, to Eretz Yisrael, every Jew's connection to Eretz Yisrael, the recognition that we need to have, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has allowed us to have, to come back, to build shuls, to learn Torah, to defend ourselves. What a tremendous chus that we have. Like Malchus based David, he had an army, and he had people learning Torah. So we thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the opportunity, those of us, Baruch Hashem, have this chus to live here, Mir Hashem, by all Jews, Bimheira, Viyamenu, we should just have to make sure that we have a Karas Atov for everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Okay, we'll stop here.